thank you guys for tuning in to Realistically Living, where we are live from the kitchen. We are live from the kitchen, and I am very excited because we are closing out Series 2 on mental health. And joining me here today, I have Pastor Jonathan Everett from the Rock of Ages Baptist Church. Thank you for being here, Pastor Everett. Oh, no. Thank you so very much for the opportunity. Thank you. So um, just jumping right into it, because I believe that this topic is very Mm -hmm. um, important. Yes. And I think that this is not talked about a lot in the church. Um, And I just think that I thank God for putting this on my mind to bring light to it. So today we're going to be talking about a topic called Judas versus Job and (laughs) dealing with mental health. um, You know, we're going to. Just open up this uh, segment with the story. We're going to start on Judas. Mm-hmm. So, um, Judas. Who was Judas? That's <laughs> well, let me first say this right quick, because um, just in my background, I, I um, developed three outpatient mental health facilities. So, mm-hmm. from a political and economic perspective, um, this is one of the most important, and this is the primary reason why we wanted to make sure that we was here to talk about mental health. Yeah. <laughs> because we see it uh, a straight disaster in our city and in our state. And so uh, mental health for me is, is big. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, in later part of this month, uh, this month I'll be in Charlotte talking with Bishop Jakes on a huge platform about mental health mm-hmm. in the church and mental health and just society. So, I just want to say kudos to you for not just talking about it, Mm -hmm. but really addressing some of the issues and understanding. And we'll talk about the trauma, the triggers, the diagnosis, and all of those different type of things in a few minutes. But Judas, to me, was a person who literally, if we just want to talk in layman terms, who lost sight of the assignment. Yeah. And let's, you know, let's get from around all of the other variations of him selling Jesus out for the money and mm-hmm. and let's get away from all of the other things that that surround his storyline or his narrative let's just be honest at the end of the day he lost sight of the assignment yeah he wanted instant gratification and Jesus was actually preparing him for long term stability and but this is not foreign to 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 majority of people today and that's how we what I consider to be situationally imbalanced, yeah. right, yeah. is that we go for instantaneous gratifications. I want it now. I want to make this decision that's going to propel me now. Yeah. I want to get married so I can become successful with my, you know, the one of the, the greatest or <clears throat> the most influential financial business right now is marriage. Hmm. Right, people are not. Yeah, that's the that's the most that's the most growing business. People are not getting married for love, yeah. Or people are not getting married because they found they are soulmate. People are getting married because it's economically feasible, yeah, to have two incomes coming into a home, or it's uh, it's um, it's it's good for their resume to yeah. have this certain person on their own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. So all of these things, because they want instantaneous gratification. And Judas, in a nutshell, lost sight of the assignment. Right. And I always say that that he also just wasn't aware. He didn't want to be aware. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think about why he did what he did Mm -hmm. is because he had a problem that he didn't want to bring to the forefront. And I think that not only did he lose sight of the assignment, he fully didn't know who Jesus was. You know, here's the here's the other concept driven by design. In the book, I always talk about purpose, right? Yeah. And if your problem is stronger than your purpose, it's a clear sign you yeah. haven't found that yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. It's a it's not a watch this. It's not a purpose that you have. It's a preference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If your problem really can stray you from, man, if, to think about it, twelve men walking with Jesus all that time. Yeah, and to to sell him out. Just think about that, man. Like three and a half years, you seen this man. The Bible said Jesus said foxes have whole birds have nests, but the Son of Man don't mm-hmm. lay have nowhere to lay his head. It ain't like he out there swaggerific and everybody right. else is poor. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he riding in the Rolls Royce and they riding in the little Chevrolet. The the, the crazy part is he's seen his struggle. Yeah, he know his story. He he believed that he was who he said he was. He was a part of the two fish and the five barley loaves of bread. He seen Peter walk on water. So he had the evidence. Yeah. It's just that in that moment, 
he allowed his problem to be stronger than his purpose. And that happens all the time. And so we find ourselves in this rabbit hole searching for something that is not there, that we kind of left that, that principle. And those principles also stay true to your purpose, no matter the problem. You know? Yeah. I just think it's very important to not only invite Jesus into the areas that we want him in, but into all of them, which is why we have to continually pray the Psalms 139 prayer. Search my heart. Yeah. Search my heart. Anything. Because some things we are just not aware of. And moving into the next point, I always say that a lot of our mental health issues come from consequences of our actions. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, here's here's the thing that people don't tell you. And there is a distinct difference between mental health and men- mental illness. Yeah. OK, let's unblur those lines. Everybody have mental health. Mm-hmm. Right. You and me is mental health is like physical health. Um, what you do with it today is definitely is beneficial or it's a burden. Right. Yeah. Uh, you work out your physical body, your mental health, you work that out. That's why they always talk about retail therapy and all the rest of these things and, and finding places of tranquility and serenity and all to, you know all those things. Mental illness is a chemical imbalance, mm-hmm. right? It's when that is outside of your control. The, the unfortunate part is we find ourselves uh, you know, doing, doing different things thinking those choices yeah. don't have consequences. And it might not be immediate consequences, but anything that you sow, whether it's a good seed or a bad seed, is going to reap a harvest. Yeah, and that reminds (laughs) me of the prodigal son. Um, Like you said, we don't don't truly think of everything from every angle before we do it. Like you said, instant gratification. You know, he took the money. He went and did what he did. But once the consequences of what he did, the the repercussions of his actions, we see what happened to him. And all that is a mental... Yeah. Problem too, you know. Yeah. Just think about how he was thinking. I always tell people when you read the Bible, you have to understand those were real humans. Oh, that was real stories, man. Listen, oh. you are you and I and everybody yeah. who's listening right now. We are the sum total yeah. of our choices. The Bible said that you know, I give you life or death. You can choose blessings yeah. or curses. The yeah. choice is yours. Yeah. Uh, life is choice driven, and it's driven by the choices you and I make. Yeah. So let's just. Um Man, I enjoy, I'm enjoying it. I, 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 I got all relaxed, arm <laughs> all on the arm of the chair. You hear me? Oh my goodness! So let's talk about Judas. What he did. Let's mm-hmm. um, let's go to that part. So we know. So before we even get into what he did, let's talk about what he struggled with. He had a money issue. Yeah, he had a money issue, and he knew he had a money issue, but he was also appointed the treasurer <laughs> mm-hmm. over the disciples, Absolutely. meaning that he handled the money. Um, and I always think about that. I always say, why he just didn't say. I had a problem had with it. Issue. And yeah. he, I mean, Jesus knew. Yeah. He knew, but I think it's Jesus want us to know too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is your weakness. This is where mm-hmm. I, my power can be. The acknowledgement you know, has yeah. to be first. At first yeah. you have to admit that you have an issue. That's in anything. AAA, that's yeah. in any, anything that you're going to develop, be strong and, and come out of. You have to first admit that I have yeah. a problem. Yeah. Right. And so we talk about Judas being that treasure and things of that nature. But come on, man, you sitting at the table and Jesus say, one of y'all going to betray me. One of y'all going to deny me. And it was already in motion. <laughs> like it was already in motion. You know how scared I'd be at that table? Nah, you know, I mean, I'd have been like, man, I, I got you the restroom, Jesus. <laughs> I'll be use right the back. at the table. But no. <laughs> I'd be like one of those rappers who went to use the restroom, never showed up. Okay. That was your back. I'd be okay, gone. But same. just to think about. That Jesus is all knowing, and I think you know. I mean, let's let's be honest, and let's go just a little deeper in that story. Mm-hmm. To underestimate the power of Jesus while you're walking with Him mm-hmm. is it shows spiritual irresponsibility that you are not valuing the moment. Yeah, you're absolutely out for selfish gain. You yeah. know what I mean? And we, but I'm gonna keep on pouring what we're talking about parallel to today's mm-hmm. society is that it, in essence we take them for granted. Yeah. You know what I mean? We think he's just going to always be there. And I tell people all the time, every church that have a steeple on it doesn't mean that God resides there. Mm. We, let's jump to Revelation. The Bible said that uh, there's a church called Ichabod where the presence of the Lord is not. Uh, it is a church where the presence of God is gone. Yeah. But everybody riding up in certain cars, they have certain blessings. The people say the Bible said they had so much money. 
that when they had an earthquake, they was able to rebuild their own church on mm -hmm. their own land without any governmental assistance. Assistance. It's because they had prosperity, but they didn't have his presence. Yeah. And that's what we're missing today, yeah. right? And that's what Judas took advantage of. He took advantage of the fact that I have access, mm -hmm. but I don't respect his authority. Mm. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I got access to Jesus. Yeah. And how often people say, well, I go to church, but don't really go, go to, to meet Christ. You know what I mean? Like it, it becomes this frail, antiquated stagnation. It's a routine. That, it's a routine. It's a you routine. know what I mean? And and one of the things that I, I challenge myself every single week not to get stuck on that Jesus is going to move this week like he moved last yeah. week. It's a total different movement. Yeah. I have a different expectation. I believe God's going to do something totally different in this podcast than he did in the last podcast mm -hmm. or one interview than he did in another interview. Whenever I have the capability to control how he moves, yeah. then I become God. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, that's, gotta sit with me. You get what I'm saying? And it, it has to sit with me for awareness. Like, yeah. Nothing that comes from anything you do, it ain't because of you. No. It's because of the one that's in you. Yeah. And um, that is so important as believers that we keep that mindset that we always make sure, uh, always know that we have a thorn. Of course. And because of the thorn, we need Jesus. My grace is know. sufficient. Yes. So. Yeah, my grace is sufficient. That is, Ju I, 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 can't, I can't even breathe. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is Ju and, but I want to I touch on something just for a few minutes that you said. Why? Why he wasn't able to just admit that yeah. he needed the money, and and um, we can't we can't pinpoint whether it was peer pressure. We can't pinpoint whether or not he had a pride issue. We can't mm -hmm. pinpoint none of those things. I think the only thing from our hermeneutic perspective, that's biblical interpretation, that we could say is that he found himself in a problem that he didn't even invite Jesus in. Let's go back to your yeah. first statement that he didn't invite him in, whatever the situation was. Mm -hmm. He wasn't spiritual enough to know that Jesus was able to handle that. Now, the the thing that I, I like to say is how far he drifted yeah. away from the perspective yeah. that he didn't think even Jesus was able to forgive him or help him in that situation yeah. is a problem, which yeah. means here's a crazy twisted psychosis. You can be close, but yet far. Mm. Come on. <laughs> you, how you that close to him, yeah. but you're that far, far from him, from him yeah. at the same time, which leads me to this. And I'm going to quit, right? That no, quit. People don't, quit. don't just leave <laughs> church and people don't just leave Jesus and people yeah. don't just leave Christian organizations and people don't just leave the faith. They drift away. Yeah. People don't just up one day and say, oh, you know what? Forget all that church stuff. Yeah. No, it's a it been a process. It's a process. It's a it's process. A process. Yeah. He's been drifting the entire time yeah. from the time he met with the soldiers, from the time that he went and yeah. secretly met with them again. It it been a process. So when I see people drift away from Christ and when I see people just leave church, no, they ain't just left. Yeah, that's not a surprise to me. I've been seeing certain behavior patterns yeah. that pinpoint they drifting away because if there's distance between the decision, there's a disconnection mm. somewhere. I want to stop and just write everything down, like everything. But no, that is, that is true. Um, and, it, and oftentimes people look at their decisions as tangible things. Know your decisions start in your mind. Long you make the choice before the tangible thing in front of you come. You know, I, and I always that's why I always say that, you know, a lot of our mental issues come from the consequences of our actions. And we yeah. just can't handle it. Yeah. Which led to why Judas... Did yeah. what he did while he killed yeah. himself. Um, but I do have a question. Do yep. you? I I believe that he can, but I don't. I never really heard this question being asked. Would have would would have would would have Jesus forgiven Judas? I say yes, mm -hmm. because why? That's that's just who he is. But I wonder just how that 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 comeback to Jesus would have been had not Judas done what he did. If he didn't crucify himself. Yeah, like if he didn't kill himself. Yeah, just think about it. Um, come on. I mean, Peter is it sin is sin. Yeah. 
Let's 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 clear that area of this podcast. Mm-hmm. There's no small sin, big sin, white lie, yeah. little white lie, black lie, small lie. Mm-hmm. Sin is sin. That's why we say all of our sins. There's room at the cross, the bottom yeah. of the cross for everybody. So the same way Jesus get up from the grave, tell Mary and Martha. He said, "Now listen, go call my disciples and Peter." Mm-hmm. And conjunction makes the distinction that I want Peter to know that he is significant to this story yeah. because he was. Don't miss this. He was only for. Fulfilling scripture, mm-hmm. I needed him to deny me for them to grab me. Yeah, I needed Judas to sell me in an order for me yeah. to be sold to the, the. See, it was a part of the script. So when the Bible talks about the fulfillment, so when Jesus hanging, he said, "We have fulfilled scripture." Yeah, I can bow my heads in the locks of my shoulder and give up the ghost. Mm-hmm. It is essentially saying that we have fulfilled everything we're supposed to do on earth. Now let God make His restoration and His His curtain veil and allowing us to go into prison. Of course, Jesus would have forgave him if he would have not committed suicide where he can come back to Jesus on his own recognizance and on his own consciousness. Mm -hmm. The problem is, and we find this a lot in in situational imbalance people, Mm -hmm. is that they beat themselves up way longer than they're supposed to. That's That's one of the things that we don't preach in church. We preach that people are going to hell because of their decision, but we don't preach to them about the restoration process. And the restoration process, it doesn't matter how far you went away. God is still standing there. The Bible says he's married to the backslider. He's saying that no matter how far you married, covenant, I am covenant. I made a covenant no matter how far you left because you have to realize you moved, I didn't. The only people who want restoration is the people who know that I move, he didn't. Yeah. And while I move, he was still good to me, no matter the distance between us. And I think a good scripture for those who um want to read about what that means is in Hosea. I don't know the chapter, but it's in Hosea about how he he married the woman who Mm -hmm. kept doing them wrong, who kept going back to chapter two and three. Yeah. I think she was a prostitute, prostitute. and she kept going yeah. back and he said, no, go get her. Yeah. Go back, forgive her. And you that have is to marry her. Yeah. Cause I want you to tell the children of Israel, yeah. just like they keep on going back to their gods, yeah. idolatry. That's mm-hmm. what he was really trying to tell them. Adultery. He was saying, because they keep on picking these many gods, you go tell them prophet Hosea, like I'm teaching you through your wife forgiveness and patience and love, no yeah. matter her disabilities or her flaws. I want you to tell them that's how patient I've yeah. been to. Then he come with Amos and he teaches them how mm-hmm. to live mentally yeah. when he teach them about the fruits of the garden, yeah. the garden, this and the leaves and the nourishment. So he is really teaching them how to look past a trespass and understand that I love the sinner, even though I hate the sin. Yes. Right. Now, before we move to Job, I want to talk about Jesus. For I a love second. Job, but go ahead. I, I want to talk about Jesus. And, and I, um, when we get to Job, I want to pin back on something you said in one of your morning uh, prayer calls. Uh-huh. And I cannot wait to get to it. But Ooh. no, um, let's talk about Jesus for a second. Birdman Birdman um, hands. <laughs> you know, Jesus says that he makes it very clear that there is nothing that you feel that I haven't. Mm-hmm. And when I think thought about that, I'm like, okay, well, how does that, how do he feel what we felt when it comes to our mental, when we come mm-hmm. to our people who are depressed and have anxiety? And then I thought about when he went to go pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you were praying that hard, that blood, blood. started sweating. Blood. And I'm like, I'm thinking about it. He was going to die. Yeah. He was still human. He still had to fill out that, those things. But he even, he, he submitted all his emotions to God. He surrendered them to God, which we have to do on a daily basis. No matter how we feel, mm-hmm. we still surrender it to God and what his will is for our life. We can, he, he, okay, we can ask some questions. We can mm-hmm. be upset. We could be sad. But ultimately, what does God say about this? Let's, let's go back. Let's come mm-hmm. out the wilderness. Let's go back. Mm-hmm. I like these roller coasters. <laughs> let's go back. So let's think about this one particular situation, mm-hmm. right? Jesus now is thrust into after 30 years, mm-hmm. okay, 30 years, he's a tent maker. He's Joseph's stepson. I want you to think about it, and the Bible doesn't holistically record the ridicule and the amount of people who's talking bad about him because you got to remember, Joseph never touched his mama. Yeah. So there are people in the community okay. talking about yeah. that's Joseph's stepson. And this virgin Mary, they, don't miss that. Now yeah, that's still yeah, a scandal. Yeah. They, we st- we still Olivia Pope in this thing, right? We still got <laughs> scandal going on because yeah. he's now 
Joseph taking care of a son. Now, just think about the pain of the father. Yeah. Who says, I'm taking care of a son who she just woke up and said that nobody touched her. Come on, let's. We ain't even getting to the garden yet. We're just talking about that. But there's one particular time that I think that, that if we really zoom in on Jesus, that Jesus, after 30 years, okay, doing tent making and carpentry work and things of that nature, he takes a moment, 33 years before he died, and the Bible says he can only perform some miracles mm-hmm. in his own hometown. Mm-hmm. That's the substratum. That is the basis yeah. of how Jesus now feel rejected, neglected. All the stuff he did, all of the fish he reproduced, all of the bread he gave away, all of the water, all of the healing, all of the resurrection of Lazarus. And the Bible said the very people he thought, the very mm-hmm. people he trusted were appreciate him more than anybody else. The Bible said they could not receive miracles because they seen him as a carpenter and not a Messiah. Yeah. Right. Which means theologically we say that you can only get from Jesus how you see Jesus. But let's just talk about the mental aspect, man, the people that you think get you the most. Come on now. The people you think, you know, y'all didn't, it peanut butter and jelly sandwiches mm-hmm. with. I'm not sure y'all eat that. <laughs> you know, like you like the sugar sandwich. Yeah. I'm gonna stop right there. You know? <laughs> I'm gonna stop right there. But the people that you go to school with and you share yeah. your secrets with, you would you would have thought if nobody else seen him as a messiah, his home team would have rooted yeah. him. That plays mental games on you, man. Yeah. That the people closest to you treat you the worst. Mm, like you said, we can be so close and yet a far, and still far, far apart. Away. Yeah, that was. So let me go ahead and jump into what you're ready for. Job. Oh, my God. Job. My God. Why do. You know what? I ain't going to say why. I'm going to say this. Bad things happen to good people. Ooh. Bad things happen to bad people. Yeah, good things say, happen to bad people. Yeah. But we're going to be focusing on bad things happening to good people. So if you don't know who Job is, Job is basically just just sum it all up. He, he, he was a good man. You yeah. know, he, he was considered righteous in his hometown. And um, it says that the devil went to and fro. And that's another, and that, that is a, a, a word within itself that the devil had to go to and fro to look, which means that he doesn't even have the uh, a, a mini power of what God has. He's not yeah. omnipresent. Yeah. Um, but we're going to move on from that. Um, but he had a conversation with God, and God said, what about Job? Yeah. And... Um, I think God offered Job up to be tested to test him to say that, okay, you, you are about me, but are you really about me? Mm-hmm. You know, let me, when the pressure is here, are you, are you still who you say that you are? Mm-hmm. You know, so, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna let you go ahead and go in. Man, on that. I, listen, I just want to pause and say, I'm really enjoying this podcast. <laughs> I do a lot of podcasts, a lot of interviews, TV and all uh-huh. that stuff, but this right here, <laughs> oh, I like this right here. You know I understand? appreciate that. Uh, so, you know, talk about Job's story. Let's, Let's just you know I'm a I'm a narrator so I like to talk mm-hmm. about the whole story in its uh, in its entirety. Yeah. Why why the 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 thing that I love about that story is that nobody talk about it from a preaching sermonic pre- presentation. Why Satan couldn't find nobody? Mm, I ain't never think of that. I know. I, <laughs> I know. I have never thought about that. Yeah, he couldn't find nobody because everybody had a faith. Yeah. If Satan can find a loophole, he going to take it with or without your permission. Yeah. But the mere fact he couldn't find nobody, they had a community of people who was living in faith. So mm. he needed a recommendation, which means that the very second that everybody in the church have like-minded faith, Satan can't get in there. Mm-hmm. Ooh, boy, you better let me, let me Let me cut in right there. Yeah, come on because in you, there. you just said something that reminded me of something that actually happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm going to be real. You know, I do believe that our transparency do break chains for other people. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I, I did something. I indulged in something that I just finished talking about. And I was just like, ah, I can't do this. But I'm going to do it. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And um, my friend asked me something. And I said, don't, don't. Uh, well, we were playing. Mm-hmm. And then she said, you know, uh, oh, I'm going to die if you don't do it. You know, just joking. And I said, don't put your debt on something I already said no to. And it instantly hit me like, God, mm-hmm. I did something that you oh, you told me no to. And the wages of sin is that. And then I thought about uh, James chapter 1, verses 14 through 15 that says, you know, each man is enticed by his own desire. And you're lured to that. And sin, um, once it is conceived, yeah. it, 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 your desire, once it's conceived, brings sin. And sin at its full uh, birth. 
brings that. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And it hit me, and um, I, that's why I always tell people, always pray for awareness. Yeah. Because once when you're aware, you can hear God's voice mm-hmm. clear, mm-hmm. And, and that is something that I don't, I, I don't know how to explain now, but as I walk with Christ, it's becoming more clear. It's becoming more clear. It's becoming more clear. But that awareness thing, it hits. And when it hits, you, you have no choice but to say it's God. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's in retrospect that people appreciate that. Yeah. And you really can't explain it in its full essence at the moment. Yeah. It's, just because you can hear doesn't mean they can hear because right. it's not a three-way call. Right. <laughs> it's not right. a conference call. It's you and God. You know what I mean? And that's one of the weird things that we kind of pinpoint, like when the man and major prophets walked through the Bible, that they didn't have an opportunity to explain to the people mm-hmm. what God was telling them. So they took the criticism and the hate. And whenever God speaks to you, you have to be prepared for all of that. Yeah, You know what I mean? It comes with the territory. Whether... It's not about haters. It's just about people misunderstanding. Yeah, because they can't hear it. You can, Mm -hmm. and so I, I, you know, I get a lot. You know, just because I can hear it doesn't mean that you can hear it, and it doesn't even mean that you can understand it. Yeah. So we talk about Jeremiah, right? Let me just throw his name out Mm -hmm. there since we talk about the J's, right? (laughs) Jesus, Job, and Judas. This Jeremiah. The Bible said that Jeremiah told the Lord. He said, Lord. That every time I come to preach, you never give me a good message to relate to the people. Mm-hmm. And the Bible said, Jeremiah said, Lord, you know what? I'm going to stop preaching for you. I'm going to stop telling the people about your goodness. Because every time you give me a word, you give it to me so futuristically that the people won't even believe the prophet. Mm-hmm. And the Bible said that the minute that he stopped saying it, here's the text. The Bible said, it's like fire. Yeah. Shut up in my bones. Yeah. I didn't release it. So it's stuck on the inside of me because I refuse to tell it because you won't give me something good for the people. Yep. That reminds me of um, the passage in Ezekiel mm-hmm. when um, I think it's chapter 34 when he said, you know, the words I give you, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't say it, mm-hmm. that their blood is on your, your hands. hands. Yeah. I, I'm going to take care of the shepherds. Yeah. 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 I'm going to whoop the shepherds. And that, and that, that <laughs> yeah. has been sticking with me because like I said, I know God is talking to me. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that, that goes to the mental thing of God, what, what are you, why you, why me, you know? Mm-hmm. But God's like, why not you? Yeah. You know, you pray that I use, that I use you in any which way. So yeah. I'm going to do what you asked me to do. And I think that we have to be prepared for the answers to our prayers. Yeah. Um, I was watching Madea the other day and she said, you know, we look for an oak tree, but we missed the acorn. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like that, you know, God's not just going to answer your prayers on some, voila, he going to say, it's going to be them little things that he going to yeah. talk you through it and walk you through details. it. It's in the details. Yeah, definitely. You know I mean? It's in the details. Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's like details. The small stuff that, that, that God tell us to do is, it might be insignificant to many, but it, it's, a, yeah. it's a big old thing to everybody. Yeah. Job. Back to Job with the... So so why 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 do a lot of people struggle with understanding that bad things can happen to good people? I think, you know, it's the concept of we want to be empowered um to a degree where we feel like we are exempt from problems and circumstances. And I think psychologically, let's just talk psychology. Mm-hmm. I think it's a relief. Yeah. It's a relief to know that you we believe in Superman, Batman, Marvels and all the rest mm-hmm. of these characters, because those characters give us freedom for our Im- imaginations to reign, to feel, you know, powerful. Yeah. And we have it. We feel like Thanos everywhere we go. We just touch something and it moves. Unfortunately, reality doesn't prohibit you from going through certain things. Yeah. And the, and here's the the other fortify imagination or the thought process is that a lot of people when they discovered how undeveloped they are yeah see it has nothing to do with the areas that i am developed because if there's a problem that arise and i'm developing an area can i can fix, handle yeah, i can fix yeah, that so yeah. that's not the psychological breakdown the breakdown is when you realize how underdeveloped you are and how you don't have Time to prepare for the perpetual pain that Satan keep on enforcing you, yeah. which means that you have to realize you're not dealing with a a demon or a devil who don't know your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. He is strategic. Mm-hmm. You don't touch buttons where you have strengths. He touch buttons where you have weakness, yeah. which means that we think we have time 
that's that's one of the biggest issues that a lot of us struggle with. The pain, the problem, we know we know that it happened to everybody, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter who you are, from the Pope all the way down, everybody has some problems going on, right? Now. I got a couple of them. You want something? I, I got you want some of mine. <laughs> they free ninety nine too. I got about a thousand of them right now, right? But everybody have problems. The yeah. ones that hit the most is the ones that God told you to develop yourself in it, prepare yourself mm-hmm. for it, study yourself strong, but you ignored that that yeah. sign. That, yeah. That's the ones that hurt the most. The ones that hurt the most is when he gave you the warning and mm-hmm. you ignore the warning sign. Yeah. If it just run up on me, cool. That's why, you know, you talk about evildoers and workers of iniquities. Mm-hmm. Evildoers are just impromptu. They do it in passing, but workers of iniquities yeah. are people who study you, mm-hmm. right? And when God give us these warnings, we ignore them, and then we got to double back and say, he t- He told yeah. me. He told me that, you know yeah. what I mean? And when that pain hit, it's uncontrollable then. It's by mm-hmm. force. It's going to take you. So I don't believe that we are stuck on the stigma that bad things doesn't happen to good people. I think we as a church have to do a better job at teaching good people how to respond when bad things happen. And I always say, you know, no matter what happens, like Romans 8.28, it all works for the good of the the Lord. Everything that happens to you have to have a God perspective on it. Correct. Because if you have your perspective, it's always going to be bad, you know. But, you know, we don't really know better. We don't know why circumstances come. We don't know why God give us certain circumstances. But like you say, it is to develop us for what's, Ahead, you know, God stands outside of time, so He sees your future. He knows that the pressure that's on you now is going to uh, be relevant for what's to come. Um, But I always say that, you know, if you do not have that God perspective, your mental will uh, go downward. And that's what Job, even though Job suffered and he took time to grieve. And I think when we talk about the story of Job in church, we, we, we like to get to the point of the Lord, same Lord that give it, same is the same one. I don't even preach it. I, look, look, they, you know, they preach it and, and I, I, I preach it in its original form outside yeah. of funerals, outside all those things. The part that I like to talk about is kudos to Job. Yeah. Cause he didn't have a Bible. Mm. Come on. Kudos to Job because he didn't have a podcast to listen to. Yeah. Kudos to Job because he didn't have a prayer line to listen yeah. to. Job had to go through this by yeah. himself. Yeah. With with no walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah. And the, the 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 disheartening thing is is that we have all of this and still struggling. Mm-hmm. True. True. We we have Bibles, prayer lines, podcasts, live Bibles, big Bibles, black Bibles, <laughs> burgundy Bibles, yeah. NIV, yeah. <laughs> King James, oh, New Living Translation, oh, Message Translate. You have every Bible you can possibly put your hands on, and we're still struggling with some of the minical things. Yeah. And Job is in the thick of losing yeah. 10 kids, mm. all of his 401k money. Yeah. And the first thing he do is bow and worship. Yeah. And the next thing he do is he grieve. Yeah. Which psychologists said, if you don't let it out the right way, you're going to act it out the wrong mm. way. Right? These are grieving. It's a natural emotion. Yeah. I grew up in church. Don't cry when you, i like, that don't make no sense at all. <laughs> like, like, you know, just because you don't feel it doesn't right. mean that somebody else don't have. Right. Because nobody, whether you lost your mother or whether you lost your mother, nobody have the same relationship as that other person. Yeah. So when people say, I know how you feel, I always tell them, don't say that. Right. Just, just you really them, don't. You really don't. Cause you, really don't. you don't even know if I hated my mother. Right. And you around here trying to be sympathetic at church. Yeah. Oh, I know how you feel. Oh, really? <laughs> you knew I, I killed her <laughs> you get what I'm saying no, yeah. no seriously I yeah. want people to think yeah. about that's the psychology yeah. of it because it is a false representation of sympathy Yeah, you, you get what I'm saying be true to it it's a natural emotion it is something grueling it is something very provoking man you'll do some stuff with grief that you never thought in a million years yeah. you'd do and you know that's, what I mean and that's why I, the, the fact that you say you know he didn't have anything now that I, I and I didn't I never thought of these things. <laughs> and then I think about community. Yeah. When his friends, when he was in his grieving period, they say they was quiet for a week. Nobody said Silent. anything. 
I can't even go five minutes. I'm a teacher, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I have yeah. to talk. You know, you if I don't talk. have my voice, I don't yeah. have my job. You know, but they went a week and they sat with him. Nobody complained. It nobody complained. They just sat with him. And in the Bible, I love they that they say that they tore their clothes. You know, that's just a thing of grieving. Yeah. And um, but having the right community. Why is it so important for believers to be in community with? Other believers and not just any believers, but those who are spiritually mature. Just think about this story, and I'm a, I'm just really going to put one thing out there, mm-hmm. and you you touched on it. The if we understand the value of our presence, mm-hmm. then we understand it's a present. Mm. It's it's a gift, but because we devalue each other so much that you can be there, and we still don't believe that it adds validity to the, yeah. the present moment. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I don't need you to tell me what I need to do. I know what I need to do. I just need you to sit there and just, 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 just let, just, yeah. just be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I don't even need you to say nothing. Don't tell me about the situation because if you remind me, I'm gonna get mad yeah. all over again. You got to remember, Job got boils on his body, which means that he is in excruciating pain. He can't sit down. The Bible said later on in yeah. chapter number four or five, the dog had to lick the yeah. boils off of him. He got boils. He can't even sit down. His wife going crazy, and mm-hmm. his friends say, "Well, we're gonna sit here." And we're just going to be quiet. Yeah. Because sometimes the best support is not saying nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Because you only add to the traumatic experience yeah. and not take away from the traumatic yeah. experience. Some people can't come to the hospital when I'm there because they don't know what to pray for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's you, true. You, you about to give these people false hope. To about, yeah. Lord, raise them from the bed. No, they ask the Lord to take them. Yeah. But if you don't know, if you're not spiritually sensitive, and sometimes what I tell people, some of the best support that I can give a person is just being there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I have friends. I fly around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if something happened to their loved one, and I just be there, they'd be like, "Man, I forgot you was even at the funeral." I said, "Yeah, I, you know that's my type of stealer. Yeah. Why? Because I understand my presence is a present. Yeah. You'll never forget who was there for you when you needed yeah. me the most. Whether I said something, or whether not. I did yeah. anything at all, my presence is a present. Yeah. The cult. This is cultural. This is cultural concept that is counter cultural." Mm-hmm. Right, because we devalue each other so much that we don't even know how valuable we really yeah, are. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So we only applaud the person who bring the cold drinks, the food, and yeah. all that type of stuff. We yeah. forget about the one who who was there the whole time from the very time it happened, and the one you on the phone with all times yeah. of the morning, night, and all those type of things. That is true. Yeah. That is true. And I thank you for that. And I think that that will put um, into perspective. On relations with people, yeah. you know, and not yeah. only to look at what others, but yourself. Yeah. Um, my podcast this year, um, the theme is the word of the year is revival, mm. but it's also dedicated to pointing the finger inward. Mm. We're going on the inside because I feel like, you know, yes, our calling as believers is to make disciples, yeah, to, to yeah. go out and preach. But if we can't, we got to have some conversations with us first. Toughest you know? person to lead yeah. is yourself. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> you know? um yeah. I definitely believe that that will put into so much perspective on our own hearts because, you know, in order to be make friends, you got to be friendly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's just so many walls because of trauma, because of things that happen, um, because we don't know how to take offense. And that yeah. is something that is big. And like you say, culture, we don't know how to take offense. We don't know that. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> You're right. I'm not even going to go into it because I, ooh, I'm not going to go into it. But we have to learn how to take offense. Podcast. Yeah. We have yeah. to learn how to take offense. Um, But... As we close out the series on mental health, how can the church address this issue better in church? Because um, I have heard in church, actually, you know, depression isn't real. Oh, just pray your way out of it. You don't need therapy. And I'm like, I do. You know, yeah, we do. Yeah. You know, but so you how can be saving can, suicide yeah, at the same time? Right? <laughs> definitely. So how can the church go about um, just maturing in that area of mental health and um, just seeing that? Therapy and all that stuff is good for us as humans. Because, you know, we are made up of what mind, our soul is mind, will, and emotion, and things like that. But our emotions are, since we live in a fallen world, you know, we need that help. So how can the church be better in that area, too? I'm going to get in trouble, but I've been getting in trouble for the last couple of years. So, you know, of course, I'm going to blame, not blame, but I would challenge pastors, any Mm -hmm. pastor listening to this, is to to be prayerful, to distinguish between what we call spiritual depression and chemical depression, situational imbalances, chemical imbalances. And this is one of the things, one of the things that I'm going to be talking about um, uh, in March 
is when the pastor educating himself and understanding there is a distinct difference between the two, mm-hmm. right? And those things, just because uh, they are acting a certain type of way, doesn't mean that they're demon possessed. They just didn't take their medicine. <laughs> you give them their medicine, yeah. they're the best people in the world. Yeah. And I say that because I experienced it with this outpatient facility that they had a woman used to walk around with a curtain, a bleach curtain on, with no clothes on, with a boot, with a bat, with a helmet on. Mm-hmm. The minute she got her medicine stabilizer, she was a the most beautiful person in the world. Yeah. And I said, wow. Yeah. Seeing her Monday and seeing her two weeks later when she took that medicine, I was like, is this the same person? Yeah. Man, I took her to go get her nails done, hair done, and everything. <laughs> I would say, you my girlfriend. You understand? <laughs> because what it did for me, it showed me that everybody's not demon-possessed. Mm-hmm. And let's stop putting everything. We give Satan too much credit, man. Mm-hmm. If we deal with some of those underlining issues that we're dealing with that we consider it to be taboo, right? Yeah. And some people, is just we just have too much weight on us. Yeah. And to teach people about capacity and understand that not letting everybody have access to you. I was in Dillard one day just buying like a, a luggage or something to travel with my books. Uh, not, not my books. I, I, I brought another luggage because my son took my other luggage, right? <laughs> and the lady said, you want to sign up for this? I said, no, I don't want nobody to have no more access to me. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm at capacity. Yeah. Right? Everything in life has capacity. This yeah. building, the elevator, the car, everything has a capacity quotient. We're the only ones think we can take on everything, everything. all the time, whenever, from whoever. No, I'm at my limits. Yeah. If you put anything else on me, I'm a bus. I'm a go crazy. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with chemical. That has everything to do with situational. Yeah. But if we don't teach them, educate them to know the difference, they will always blame it on something because we are used to blaming something. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So I think the church going forward need to educate themselves more, just like the census. I was on the, the census report with... Um, with uh, Mitchell Andrew and 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 my girl out of Georgia, what's her name? Who flipped the whole state? What's my girl name? Stacy. Stacy Abrams. Who's <laughs> yeah. on the census report? And they're like, Pastor, how we get something? So I said, first of all, you got to start with the pulpit because if the pulpit don't believe it, the pews won't mm. buy into it, right? So we, if we educate them from the pulpit, then the pews will have a sense of that. At, at least responsibility yeah. to at least learn learn on it. So at our church, I talk about raw emotions. I talk yeah. about these different therapeutic sessions. I do different things in reach outreach to make sure that people have therapeutic moments. The prayer line is a therapy. Yeah, that's 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 what the prayer line is all about. You know, and people say, "Well, Pastor, I mean, all them hundreds of people on a prayer line is therapy. Yeah. It's all of us talking about a subject from different considerations, different perspectives, and we walk away with different opinions, and we walk away from our different, different silence." Mindset. Right, different mindset. Yeah. It's therapy. Yeah. Exposed just the currency of in the community. Mm-hmm. The moment that we educate people about how serious it is, the moment people embrace it, it's not wrong. It's, yeah. You're not going to hell. You're not a demon. You're not somebody that's crazy. You're but human. to be able, you're human. You're human. You are simply human. Yeah. For somebody to be able to walk up to you and and to embrace you with your flaws and all, which means that if I don't teach that, then people only love a part of me that they like. And yeah. they don't embrace all of me that they're gonna need later, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. I say I think some of the most brilliant people from your Jim Jim Carries, your your, your your Chris Browns, and all of these other yeah. people, they are brilliant people, and nobody know that they have mental illness. Yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. But if we don't expose it, and if we don't talk about it, and I think the church have a great advantage yeah. because we're the only ones in that space can talk. You know. You know, with the liberty yeah. to address these issues, but I'm yeah. rooting for the church. I'm excited yes. about it because yes. if nobody else, this podcast is going to turn out there right now. <laughs> yes, yes, I am with on board with that. Um, just like you said, exposure education. Yeah. Um, definitely praying over what you were doing in March to help yeah. the pulpit. But you know, yeah. those are, they are still human yeah. too. Pastors are still human. Pray for too. me. They might throw <laughs> arrows at me. <laughs> Not arrows, but um, before we get out of here, if you want to leave a word of encouragement as we close out this series to someone who is battling depression, anxiety, um, just anything, if they're dealing with grief, you know, can't get out of that dark place. If you want to leave a word of encouragement for them and then you can close it out with prayer. So for real, for real, for real, before I start, I wait, hold on, let me say it in your voice. (laughs) 
I can't even say it. Say it, say it one time for me. <laughs> Listen, thank you again for allowing yeah. me just to come sit down and talk. This is so amazing to me about mental health. And I'm serious. That's no fluff. Mm. I don't fluff people. This is real talk. Mental health is so important to me. And I want to say thank you for doing this yeah. uh, so it can bless somebody because it's a scary scarcity yeah. in this particular area. To a person who are who is battling any type of mental illnesses and, and you just can't find your way out of the darkest spot in your, your life right now, I, I want you to hear this. The most important words that you would ever say and that you would ever utter out of your mouth is what you say about yourself to yourself when you are by yourself. Well, simply, in essence, you have the power to get you out of whatever you're in and it's right there in your own mouth. I want to also challenge you to find some kind of reason to stay alive. Every suicidal person who's listened to this podcast, remember that God has destined Jeremiah 29 11. He said, for I know the plans I have for you. Nobody else on this earth have the plans for your life. Nobody else can dictate exactly what's going to happen in your life. God said, I'm the person who have the plans. I'm taking you through the process so I can reveal your preference to you. It may not be according to your preference, but it's according to your purpose. I want to say this also to somebody who's dealing with any mental uh, uh, imbalances that you are not alone. That there are multiple people around, whether we wearing suits, whether we wearing ties, whether we wearing Gucci or Fendi or Prada, Rolls Royces, living in big houses, riding horses or flying on jets. That everybody have something we're dealing with at this moment, at this time, and you are not by yourself. Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity. It's such a fresh moment, Lord, that you have extended to us that we can pray for those, Lord, who are dealing with just not mental illnesses, but Lord, Father, all of us are dealing with something. The weight of the world is on our shoulders. There are wars that's going on with Ukraine and Russia and the United States of America. And we have wars within our own country. We have wars against black and white and Democrat, Republican. We have wars in our community, Lord, whether it's culture, whether it's correct, or whether it's exposure, whether we want to stay the same, whether it's traditional or contemporary, whether he's a man or a woman. Oh, we got all kind of wars going on. But you predicted this, Lord, that, Father, there will come a day that men will become lovers of themselves. And, Lord, they will have wars and rumors of war. But Father, we pause tonight on this podcast to pray for those, Lord, who's just struggling. I pray that, Father, they feel your arms wrapped around them, that they are reminded that they are never by themselves, that their sins are not big enough, that you can't care them, that their sins are not dark enough, that they can't see the light, that you always find a way, that you give us a way of escape, no matter the temptation, no matter the problem, no matter the circumstances. I pray tonight, Father, some mother, Lord, is planning on committing homicide or suicide or uh, I pray, Lord, Father, that somebody find help. There are resources everywhere, Lord, if they can only do what Judas refused to do, and that is to acknowledge that he was in a place in his life, that he wasn't stable, he was in a place in his life, that he wasn't secure, that he was in a place in his life, that he didn't feel your security. Father, I pray today that somebody reach out for some help. I pray this prayer, Lord, germinate throughout these airways and that it touch somebody right where they are, that while their tears are flowing and while their hearts are palpitating and while their hands are sweating, that they feel your presence, Lord, because you said you have very present help in the time of storm and that we have not an high priest that is not touched by the infirmities of our feelings. I pray for my sister here, Lord, who father, who's leading the charge, who's provoking the conversation, who's sparking the fire to say that this is an issue that we need to address and not only address, we need to acknowledge and not only acknowledge we need to accept we have cousins and uncles and nieces and nephews and mothers and fathers who are dealing with something that they just feel like they should just put it in the closet and sweep it under the rug but today lord i pray this podcast expose some things that father we will not just be healed but we will become whole i thank you today lord we give you praise we give you honor we give you glory it's in jesus name Amen. Amen. I thank you, Pastor Everett, for being here. I Absolutely. thank you for um, your wisdom, your knowledge that you shared. And also, I am giving away two of your what? books, uh, Driven by Design. And let me tell you, I have been reading it, and <laughs> it is great. Um, and you so all much. you have to do, um, 
is really subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen, whether it's Apple, Spotify, um, even YouTube uh, has a podcast platform. Just whatever platform you listen to, just subscribe. And I'm also about to upload something on my page. If you don't follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is at Narkela Carr, N-A-R-K-E-L-I-A Carr, C-A-R-R. And all you have to do is just share that to your story and you are entered. You what? are entered And the join will be held On March 5th Which is a week from now um, So yeah it, I, I really want to give <laughs> I just want to give it away To somebody But yeah. this book It is very It is Strategically written To hit every point, part Of your life To point the finger inward To check yourself Before you can check others You know You can't pour from an empty cup So I Absolutely. thank you for Absolutely. The book I thank you for uh, Allowing God to use you I thank you for allowing Yourself to be filled With his spirit So um, As we head out We're just gonna uh, End with praise and worship So Let's go for it You want me to sing? Oh, yeah. uh, go ahead Go ahead No, go ahead. no don't do that <laughs>